Spence. I'm so stoked to be here again with Ventura Vibes to introduce Derek Turner, an aficionado of the Pacific Ocean along California, a man that I have the pleasure of serving as a Parks and Rec Commissioner for the City of Ventura with. Derek is here today in studio to talk about his small business and the owner of the Ventura Real Estate Company. He's here along with a few of his real estate agents to talk about the goodness they can do about buying and selling homes in the city of Ventura and how they localize that. Derek also had the opportunity of being a retired Oxnard Elementary School teacher. So he's bringing the goods and the goodness of the 805 vibe from his teaching to retirement and the fun stuff on the water. Derek, how you doing? I'm good, Spencer. Thank you for inviting me down here today, Tom. Thank you for letting us in your, your beautiful office. Our studios are here for everyone, and sharing the stoke is a big part of what we do here. I lived on the beach for four years, so I took it in for four years living in Ventura County, and I had a blast. But you have gone uh, to places in the water using many different uh, modes of recreation, uh, from surfing to kite surfing uh, to the uh, brand new, relatively new to the ocean community. Is it foil surfing? What do you call this? Uh, wing foiling. Wing we call foiling. It. Yes. Yeah. So we started out long time ago learning how to swim. So I learned how to swim. I did that. Um, and then I surfed, like you said, I surfed and then went to UC Santa Barbara and um, the surf wasn't so great there anymore. So I picked up windsurfing because we had Halama not too far away. So I learned to windsurf and then moved down to Ventura after graduating from college and um, teacher. And we'll talk about that later, I guess. And got into windsurfing. Does the teacher cut class when surfers go? No, I won't say that. <laughs> okay. I won't, I won't well, I can say that because I'm retired now. So okay. once in a while we use it. It comes up. That bell rings. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's freedom. Exactly. So um, then I um, was into running. I was a runner in college. And what high distance? Uh, middle distances, 800 mile. That was my forte. But I what did, was your did time? cross country. Uh, Everybody's always faster Just a than little, little, I got a little under four. So a little under four. little under four in the what? In the mile. You ran under four? I did. I ran sub four minute mile, yeah. <laughs> in studio, Spencer that is, that is in game. I did. I did. That is anybody and, and, who can cut <laughs> under 60 second laps. Uh, four you, times. You, yes, were known, you were known nationally. No, and I was pretty good in high school in the half mile. Never beaten a half mile in high school. So. Okay. Yeah, because no. uh, 351.1, Jim Ryan was the record for a long, yeah, I didn't, long time. Yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't a 351 guy, but we're talking 359 and 9999. You were in the herd. No, I'm just right, right under. Well, we that is impressive right there. When we bring people to Ventura Vibes, we bring the good, Spence. The best. And Derek Turner, not only he's fast, he's on the water. This guy's competitively standing up on the paddle boards, too. So he's all in the water. I tell him every day. He goes in the water every day. Derek, give me a quick little impression about how you look into every day as your approach to get into the water. Well, pretty much every day I'm at my van loading up something for water. It's loading up my wing foil stuff from the day before putting a Santa paddleboard on my on my on my van which I did it's sitting out there in front right now with a big 14 foot paddleboard on it and the running thing kind of fell apart because my knees started to fall apart so I got into the stand up paddle as another alternative to to you know to stay in shape and to you know be competitive sure so I'm a competitive stand up paddleboarder and I go up and down the coast uh, San Diego to I don't know, Santa Cruz, uh, you know, paddle racing all over the, the state. I'm going to be going up to Hood River and doing a, an event in late July this year. And I just love the competition and I can still compete in something. And it's now stand up paddling. And I just realized you can stand up paddle faster than I can run. That's humiliating. <laughs> That's embarrassing. 
But we have an athlete in the studio. How does somebody get involved in this competitively? Like, if I'm on that, listening to this podcast right now, I'm thinking, you know, I do a little paddleboarding. I want to get started. You go online, you search for some groups. How do you get someone involved to go out paddleboarding? It's kind of thing like a, maybe a, not a loner sport, something you kind of do by yourself. But you're doing it with your friends and driving around and kind of being fun, right? I do it with my friends. I just get up and go down to the harbor. Um, I launch off the beaches. Sometimes I go surf paddling. Um, there's a paddle guru is a site for races. So you can go to Paddle Guru and you can find out when the local races are. Um, and there's a Malibu Downwinder race. There's um, uh, races in Redondo Beach, Long Beach, um, Newport Beach. It's just it's just great. Um, really love doing it. And you can just go learn at the Ventura Harbor. You can go rent a paddleboard in the Ventura Harbor. Just kind of play around. So are there are there coaches in the area too, or no, is it learn by doing? You know, Ventura is kind of like this outlier area. It doesn't really. They're not really pushing it around here. Um, there's about four of us that are pretty hardcore into it, but now nah, it's not, the racing scene around here is not so much. Um, and I'd love to see more people in the water. That's why my, one of my big things, and I know you're going to ask me about it, is water quality. Uh, my biggest thing around here right now since retiring is, is water quality, even more so than real estate, actually. I just love to keep our harbor clean, um, involved with a lot of different people in the community with keeping our harbor clean. Um, I am, yes, you're going to talk about this too, uh, one of the uh, Parks and Rec commissioners. And one of my big things is how we're keeping our harbors clean. And so some days I go out to train and I end up halfway through the training with a pile of trash on my board. And it kind of turns into a stop and go core exercise because I'm picking up trash as I'm paddling around the harbor. Um, so from from swimming to windsurfing to paddleboarding to now uh, and then kite surfing so i was all into kite surfing and that's another difficult one to get into around here but you've all seen it uh, if you drive you know from santa barbara down or you're going north you it's kind of like a big hey we're here ventura the, the big yeah. you know kites are up today awesome um and we've i did that and then we went into wing uh, foiling uh kiting and then the wing came into the play and, and uh, you just hold a wing. It's like a, holding a windsurf sail without a mast. And you just hold that wing and you pump up on the foil and now you're catching waves. It's just like a dance. So sick. So it's awesome. It's great. I love it. It really is remarkable. And I love the way you match up because the great thing of a lot of the surf community is surf riders and things like that. Since you're at the beach all the time, we were doing a cleanup at Port Wainimi with Stephen Gama and the, the surfers were yelling out to us, hey, you're heroes. Thank you so much because they're so dialed into the community. Now, there's two issues with filth on the beach. Part of it is just trash, knuckleheads who leave their bottle caps and their cigarette butts and that. Some of it comes down the channel into the ocean. What about the water quality from pollutants that might be uh, like related from industry. Uh, do we have an issue there? We do. Surf riders on it. Um, other groups are, are on it. The port commission's uh, in very involved in the water quality and, and, and stuff that comes down there, Arundel Barranca and down the um, uh, Olivas Drive. Uh, from the farms, from Due to Farm, but Due to Farm is phenomenal. They, when I call Due to Farm, they get out their crew out there and they pull out the trash. So we don't get much trash from Due to Farm, um, and we really don't get much trash anymore unless there's a, a big rain event. And the big rain events, there's not much you can do about it because the storm runoff, you know, from from the streets ends up in the harbor, ends up in the ocean, and then you've got a 72-hour, you know, 72-hour wait period before you probably should go back in the water. So there are a lot of people involved. Um, and yeah, no, that's what Derek's doing. 
Derek is bringing it in collaboration. He's talking about Duda Farms. You've seen that signs off of Levis Park Drive, but Derek goes out of his way to contact these people. He's going up and down the state of California, Spence, telling me stories about going into different harbors, talking to the local collaborators about how you can actually increase cleaning up your harbors. So, and that's what's so special about people when you do this, because you got to keep your head up, right? Meeting Derek and Ventura then led me to his business that he does. And this is kind of something that's manure. We've brought in two people here, Troy and Heather, to talk to us as well. But going out, you can be a real estate agent, you can be a normal person, but when you put the name of Ventura behind your brand, as he did in the Ventura Real Estate Company, you can see his personality shine through his business. And I really want to ask Heather and Troy real fast, what about creating this business, Ventura Real Estate Company, allowed you guys to feel local when you sell and buy homes? What is it about the beach and the ocean that makes you be a special realtor in the city of Ventura? Well, I just wanted to say one thing about Derek before I answer that question. He is not a mind your own business kind of guy. That, that motto of, oh, just do your own thing. He yeah. doesn't, it's not a butt in kind of way of mind your own business. It is, this should be the business. This should be something that as a citizen, as a member of the community, whether he is in Dana Point or he is here in Ventura, he is like that California citizen that just sees something that needs to be done. He's a share, lot like you. He's like sharing you, the stoke. Spence, we talked yeah. about it. He is up and down the coast sharing the stoke. We give it to Christian from Mako Surfing a lot with right? that vibe. We, right? Maybe we should be mind your own business, not not mind your own business real estate. I don't know. That's what we do. But back to your question. Um, we are, we just, we love, obviously love the community. I'm born and raised here and as is Troy. He's been here a really long time and we, well. How did you make me old all of a sudden? A long time. And we just, we love helping the local, you know, citizens here. And we have a lot of people that do move out of the area and they come here. You know, they, I think since COVID, people realized they could work where they want to live. Right. You know, they didn't have to stay because it became work from home. So why do I need to be in the Bay Area if I could come down here to Ventura and live here? Is that something that's so, right on their tongue is the desire for the beach when you see people wanting to move to the city of Ventura? What are a few of the key terms that they're using? Um, smaller town or cooler weather. Yes to the beach. Um, yeah. Those would be probably the main you what know, about close you? enough to LA, I guess, but not, you know, you can get there, but you don't have to be there. Right, close to a lot of amenities. And we have the, the mountains, we have the ocean, obviously. We have the Channel Islands National Park right here. Yeah. And we, there's so many things to do in this in this community. We have, we have great restaurants now. We have a lot of breweries now. It's just like, we don't just drive through anymore. Yeah. It's like you go through Bishop, you got to stop at Schott's Bakery. Okay? Right. Well, we have Schott's Bakery now. It's all the brewery, breweries yeah. in town and, the, and, you know, downtown restaurants and, um it's just a, a great community to live in. And there's not a lot in. of places along the coast with an island view. You know, we, and to camp right on the edge, the, like, Emma Wood, to be right on the edge of the water, that's a really unique feature yeah, It is remarkable. When I was raised in Thousand Oaks, one of the things is people in L.A. and the, you're so far away, and I'd say, well, we have cars. Yeah. So if we wanted <laughs> right. to go to a Dodger <laughs> game, if we wanted to go to a Kings game, yeah. big hockey fan, you could get out there, but they couldn't be where we are all the time. Right. And I told them, as a kid, have a motorcycle or a horse, this place was a blast. And right along the coast, if you had a a sailboat you know we sure. had kids who learned in Westlake and ended up sailing out in the ocean we had uh, kids that would go out and surf so you had instant recreation you know with us a step out of your house off your porch and you were up having fun yeah, and a lot of like comparing us to Santa Barbara they don't have a harbor so we have the keys here so if you have it for real estate and you have a boat you can live and have your boat at your own home which you can't do in Santa Barbara and obviously right. the price change you know changes it's you know, pretty immensely. dramatic yeah dramatically yes. so all sure. of the things we have and just going up to Ojai and you know we have a community here that is 
unique to the planet. Absolutely, Absolutely unique. I was talking to Troy right now too, Spence. Being east siders of Ventura, it seems like you know five miles isn't very far. But Troy, give me something real quick about how Derek Turner here, who's sharing the stoke with us, really inspires you to get to the water. Since you're working for him on his team, have you been inspired to get in the water more? <laughs> oh man, where do I start with this one? First of all, I love the 805 vibe name because we've been fortunate to travel all around the country and a few fun spots in the world. People always know we're from Southern California and then you explain Ventura and they go, oh, I knew about your personality. Mm -hmm. And I sometimes got offended and I thought, you know what, there is something true about that. So speaking of the east end of Ventura, a few years ago, I, I, uh, my analogy is it was like a shopping cart. When you get them too far out of the shopping center, they just stop. If you get past Victoria, people are like, I can't do it. I can't go any farther east than this. It's too far. It might as well be Thousand Oaks or Bakersfield. Mm -hmm. um, that has changed. The weather was a little bit nicer on the east side of Ventura. But watching the inspiration that is Derek, every day I drive to school, I take my kid to Ventura High. I drive by, I see the islands, and I'm like, I need to go to the beach today. I don't know why. I need to go to the beach today. And Derek being, I'm working hard from 9 to noon, and then about 11.15, he's checking his watch for weather. <laughs> and I don't know the numbers still. I'm all, is it 21? Is it 23? Is it 25? Are we getting out there? So that part of it, just watching him enjoy himself, and whatever the, whatever the number is. But also to know his running thing, and you guys are talking about your accomplishments, watching him pick up trash from the beach yeah. and having that passion for it and thinking, you know what, we have to be good stewards of this earth. And a lot of times we take it for granted that we live in the most beautiful place that we can surf and ski in the same day. But watching Derek take advantage of that and selling it and having our real estate office located closer to the beach than any other real estate office is huge. Sweet. I like love that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we are right downtown on Santa Clara Street. And I will, I will confess, my windows cracked a little bit. And when the papers on my desk start to blow a little bit, I'm like, yeah, I'm checking the wind. And I'm, I ride my bike down, take a look. I just get quick. out of the way of the door because you're coming by. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the other thing when I lived on Weymouth. I was there, and I am not a good swimmer. I can't swim. Uh, so there's a big issue there to go out in the water. I'm horrible. I, we talked about it. My experience at the YMCA, they tried. They tried. But I learned about this PFD, personal flotation device. I got one of the best ones you can get. So I went out kayaking. We ended up surfing. Always stayed out of the way of everyone. There is no more fun. We bought kayaks used from the harbor. And back then, it was a while ago, uh, they were $350. The best $350 I ever spent in my life. Everything was free after that. Dragged the boat out of the house, tossed it over the pump station, put it out in the water. When it was calm, we just paddled and went down by the pier, goofed around. Then when the waves came up, we surfed. You get bumped out, flotation, got the leash on the paddle. All is right with the world. And we were talking about lessons. No, just go. Just yeah. do it. Be safe. Don't be stupid. Like me, if you can't swim, be smart enough to get uh, the PFD. But you can have so much fun here at any level. And I just used a gallon of sunscreen every day, and I had a blast. It's still to this day, and I've had the chance to do a lot of stuff. Uh, the most fun I've ever had. The first time you catch a wave, it's that, that feeling, that sense, that's what's happening. It's so bizarre. It's so mm -hmm. godlike in the way nature pushes you. And then you break your nose on your kayak, but you still have fun, which I only did once. But it's, it's something everybody should do in Ventura County. At least go out for a day. Like say, rent one and paddle around in the harbor and just have a blast. Get that stoke. And what? that's why we brought Derek in today to talk about that Ventura vibe about, you know what, you don't have to just surf. People say the word surf, they think it means you have to be on a surfboard. It means intently mostly riding the wave and feeling the power of the ocean. And you can do that in the city of Ventura. We're going to keep sharing these vibes. Derek's going to come in a future podcast in the future. We're going to keep talking to this team about sharing more stoke. 
But it was exciting to bring him in today. If you want to talk to Derek in the future, one of my favorite activities he does too is he started a Facebook page called The Friends of Royal Verde Park. So the commissioner here started a page a while back. If you want to get a hold of him, reach out to him on the Friends of Royal Verde Facebook page. He'll answer you back right away. But Derek, give us something to take away. One more thing. Maybe your favorite break or your favorite thing to do when you go out. Like if it's your perfect day, you pick up the kite board, the paddle board in the city of Ventura. What are you doing? Well, the crazy thing about it is if there's no wind, I can go stand up paddle in the harbor. If it's a little bit windy, I can go, you know, up to Emma Wood. If, if it's really crazy windy, I can go to Surfer's Point and go kite surfing. Uh, it's just what you could. The, the best thing I heard tonight was today was Tom saying it's, it's all free once you have the kayak or you have the stand-up paddleboard. It's not like skiing where you've got a, a commitment to going to Mammoth or wherever you go, Big Bear. A lift ticket. Lift tickets, food, uh, accommodations, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Once you live here and you own a surfboard, a paddleboard, or just a bathing suit, and you just go down the beach and just walk on it, some days I'll just go down and it's like the weird, it's too windy or it's not a windy enough. It's just kind of on the edge. And I'll just go for a walk up the beach. Get my feet wet. Just go down. I challenge you all to goal. Get outside and live. Get outside and live. Okay. And just the other thing for go down to the beach and just mm -hmm. put your feet in the water today. Just and try when's it. when's the last time you did something for the first time? That's one of my favorite quotes. A friend of mine told me that ages ago. And it's like, when's the last time you tried something for the first time? So everybody who's listening to Ventura Vibes right now, get out there. Use etiquette. Be safe. Be polite. Pick up some trash. And uh, go have some fun. We want to thank Heather, Troy, and Derek for coming in today. It's been a great time in the studio, guys. We'll see you on the water. Let's go. Venture Vibes continues with Spence and Spencer Norin. We went from surfing and paddleboarding, and now we're going to stay on the coast with our next guest. We got Stephen Gama here, the current city council member for the Port Wainimi in Southern California. Steve, great to have you in here. How are you doing today? Doing good, doing good. We brought you in the studio today because not only are you an activist and being a representative for the city of Port Wainimi as a council member. And you know, former mayor. And former yes. mayor. Thank you, Spence. Bring us that knowledge. You have this love of 805 of being born and raised here and being in the water. This episode of our podcast is about being in water, about where you come from. Give me a quick understanding about your love for the 805 growing up here. My first surfing experience was at the Ventura Pier, July 4th. I think it was 1976, perhaps. Maybe a little earlier. It's a very patriotic 200 year, the bicentennial. Yes, and so my we all wanted to surf, so my parents uh, contracted a guy named Gino Lynch out of Ventura, and he's a if, we got to track this guy down because he was amazing. But he taught a whole group of us from Camarillo how to surf. Um, there were like 10 or 11 of us. So our parents pulled their money and, and taught us all to surf. Uh, through Gino Lynch. Gino Lynch would show up to the Ventura Point with a 911 Porsche with like 30 surfboards on it. It was the most crazy thing I've ever seen. So that was my uh, introduction to surfing. And then um, later on in life, uh, well, I, I went to Wainimi Christian um, for a couple years before we moved to Camarillo. And so I became aware of Wainimi and the beach and how wonderful it was. And, um, and then... Uh, when I was at Cal Lutheran, uh, a friend of mine uh, came from Coronado and said, hey, I want to go surfing. Where are we going to go surfing? So the closest place for us to surf was Perkins Road. So um, just about every day for like three years, we would just barrel down to Perkins Road. Where's Perkins? Perkins Road is right at the uh, border between 
Wainimi and Oxnard. And it, Perkins Road is the Halico site where um, Ormond Beach and Halico come together. And so at the time, the Halico site was in full operation, smelting metal, processing metal. And so it was a lot cleaner when they were up and operating. And we used to surf there like every day for a very long time. Like we would, we had a large group of people from uh, Cal Lutheran and Camarillo and we'd all come running down to surf every day. So that's how I got to know Ormond Beach and the coast of uh, Wainimi. And then after I graduated from Cal Lutheran in 1986, first class of CLU, I uh, um, eventually moved to Wainimi and always wanted to be there because it's a very affordable place to live near the beach. It's beautiful. Now, one of the things I always ask with surfers, because we could consider uh, what would be the Port Wainimi Beach, would that be the farthest that away, where there would be surfing up to, what would you say? And we're st- talking County of Ventura at this point, uh, the farthest north. So what are the actual surf points from Port Wainimi all the way up? What were some of your favorite places to surf? Okay, so Wainimi Beach, uh, definitely. We called it Percolator, definitely. Um, so um, Point Magoo has an amazing surf spot. Um, and so moving uh, north, it goes uh, Perkins Road, uh, Arnold, uh, goes Arnold Road, Perkins Road, Wainimi Beach, Silver Strand, Hollywood Beach, Oxnard Shores, Ventura Rivermouth, Ventura Point. Oh, don't forget about Pierpont. Those guys will get a little angry with me if we don't mention Pierpont. That You're dredge. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, you move up to uh, Turrence, the gun Turrence. We used to surf. That's above uh, the Ventura River. So there's actual gun Turrence left over yeah. from World War II. We used Just to... above Lake Crown Plaza, right? Yeah. If you're on the water. Yeah, yeah. Right where our, our, our guest earlier spoke about Derek Turner does the kite surfing and stuff that same point. Go ahead. Right. And then uh, you go to Overheads, which is right there at the, the Overhead or at Sea Cliff. No, not Sea Cliff. Before the first, Emma Wood. Yeah. And then there's a, a Sea Cliff, Emma Wood. Um, Mondo's, as they call it. Um, we skipped Solomar, but yes. Sol- that's Solomar. That's what I meant to say, too. And then uh, we used to call it Tanks, which is right at the bottom of uh, uh, Mondo's. Which is- and then, of course, the Oil Piers, which was – the Oil Piers was the most amazing place for surfing and people that have a memory of it. It was all the high school kids from the entire county would hang out at Oil Piers. And uh, the piers – were a natural it made a reef kind of so it held the sand and made a really nice break and it, it was just a wonderful place and then of so course, the beach boys left a lot of places out yeah they, they did, did. oh but yeah that, but that shows you what vent what the power of the beach and the coast for yeah. ventura county all of those known surf places yeah. going up there and this is why so many people especially the people who live on the coast have such a love for for the ocean yeah. <laughs> i love I'm, so, I'm like thinking to myself there's two we forgot pitis amphoria yes, but you're right we're trying to crush that on this Ventura Vibes podcast. That's where our listeners are with us, and we're st- stoked to be here with you, is to get those details if you have questions about what are these little areas. Muscle Shoals. We used to jump off the pier at Muscle Shoals. Yeah, what are the back hiking trails? We're going to get to t- some of that stuff in our future episodes. So thank you for listening, because we're here for you to bring you those little goods, those nuggets that only these 805 grinders like Stephen Gama here can bring. You know, growing up, going to Mesa Union Elementary, going to Rio Mesa High School, Kalu, like he talked talked about yeah. these are only guys and gals that can bring this information we've dedicated our time and energy spence to yeah. bring this information to our listeners so thanks for doing that as we talk to Stephen Gama here current council member for Port Wainimi
And the other thing about this is the stewardship of the ocean. Right. As our last conversation, one of the most important things is keep the water clean. And when you're out in the ocean, like you have been so often out on the pier, you see a lot of wildlife, whether it's birds or whether it's the animals. You see some trash on the beach. And that's been a big concern of yours for quite some time. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we've learned so much in our lifetime about taking care of the environment. I remember um, early on in my surfing career, it was a ritual thing when there was no waves. Guys would actually burn a surfboard on the beach thinking that will bring the waves. And, you know, it became evidently clear it's not good for the environment. And so if you're going to be a surfer, you better be a concerned about the environment, right? The surfers I knew burned something else. But (laughs) that's really interesting, though. But it's true. But that's another part of the history that's cool. Even though burning a surfboard on the beach, remember the the motors? What were they, magnesium or something? People would make the weirdest beach fires. And we learned that although that was real fun when you were a kid, it wasn't good for the beach and the water. So stuff like that you know, got taken away. And the other thing, because uh, we can all, you know, say who we are politically to ourselves, but the issue with beach cleanup, a lot of times they think, oh, it's just a bunch of hippies out there. It's just, no. it's not anymore. It's no. a completely different look. No, and it, it's it's stewardship. It's like, it's like anything else. Like if you're going to take a shower once a year, probably not, your hygiene's not going to be very good, right? And so what we learned through our participation with the California Coastal Cleanup was once a year wasn't doing it. And, and particularly out at Wainimi where it meets Ormond Beach and the, the, the lagoon and the and the, the drainage ditches that drain out to that area. So um, And we, some homeless issues. Yes, a lot of homeless issues too. And so um, what we figured out was you need to do a little bit every day, if not every week. And so we have a contingency of people that have we have given a bucket and a pick stick to that do it on their own time. And so, yeah, we organize around Saturdays and we've been doing it for almost six years, but um, we have a lot of people that do it on their own time as well. And so when it comes to Ormond Beach and Halico, you know, then there's this other issue with the Halico slag pile, which is an EPA Superfund site. And um, a lot of us younger people, well, I'm, I'm 59, but I don't feel 59, but the younger folks are really frustrated with like, why? Why do we have this super fun site sitting there in the most amazing beach, probably in Ventura County? And it, it's really frustrating. And Spencer, being someone of the water for, for quite a long time, too, you've had the chance to travel to different areas. Sure. Seattle, you've been in Phoenix. It's stewardship that's needed everywhere. And the thing, when I go back to the hippie days, there's preservation, there's conservation, and there's a, a play between the two where you have to – we need, I think, oil drilling off the coast because we do need oil for the country. But we do need to maintain those oil rigs as carefully as we possibly can. Right. The other thing about beach cleanup – and, Spencer, you're an A-plus uh, human and uh, oh, citizen thanks, of Ventura because you are a graffiti remover. Oh, now, graffiti. people who don't understand – what things like trash and graffiti do, if somebody visits a town and they see all this, they might hang a U, trashy beach, a, yeah. a lot of graffiti. It can affect our tourist dollars. It can affect the joy of the beaches and the outside. Thanks, Spence. You know how I refer to is just take care of your home. You know, I use that cliche of like, talk to somebody how you talk to your grandma. Mm-hmm. I look at it as like, treat your home like your grandfather treated his home, right? And in my case, it was perfect. And if we can treat our own lands and our beaches and our shared spaces like we treat our private property, what an amazing place we live in. And we have to demand 
from government the same. And that's what's frustrating about Halico. It's an EPA Superfund site that's been languishing for 30 years, and there's a pile of low-level contamination, a lot of material that needs to be remediated so that the beach can be returned to its natural state. And one of the things as a resident, I'm not speaking as a council member right now, is that um, you have to clean up your mess, Mm -hmm. whether you're an adult, a government, an agency. If you make a mess, clean it up. And we've learned over the last 30 years that, you know, we need to clean that up. And so that's the frustration for the people in South Oxnard and in, in my city is that as residents, we see this disregard, this neglect of the environment. Now, we also feel that if the freeway ran right by Ormond Beach and Halico, we wouldn't have what we have because too many people would have their eyeballs on it. And so it just seems like it's a social justice thing. Oh, those, those people out there, you know, let them deal with it. And then we start talking about, well, wait a minute, what about the snowy pea? What about the birds? What about the wildlife out there? You know, what about what about all those uh, syringes that wash out onto the beach? What about um, the plastic, the styrofoam? You know, these are the things that we got to deal with. And so we're going to be out there tomorrow afternoon, Saturday. We have dumpsters that we're moving out on the beach to clear off this rain debris from uh, this last rainstorm. And so it's a continuous effort. Steve, we can hear your energy and our listeners now know why we brought you in to talk to Ventura Vibes. This conversation is not ending. It's just beginning. Right. You know, it's about that awareness and presence that our community and our county needs on a few of these topics. We talk about the Matillaha Dam. Right. You know, we talk about restoring some of our, and restoring the agricultural lands out in Fillmore and in Santa Paula areas. These are areas that our community loves. We just don't know that much about it from the 60s, 70s, and 80s, and 90s moving forward. But now the 2022 social media great podcast like this your efforts as a city council member let's continue this conversation and help you restore the beaches in Wainemi, Oxnard and those great areas. The whole county and everyone needs to be involved in taking care of our environment. Our, our environment is what we have and we live in a wonderful place and KVTA is uh, always uh, talking about the hiking trails the aurorals, the mountains the, everything because it all connected and it all, it all drains down to the beach and uh, you know we're all part of a wonderful community and uh, I think we have a we have an opportunity to greatly improve our environment here. And with Ventura Vibes also looking as you're on the 101. I went out to L.A. I know you go to Dodger games. We all go out to L.A. for some reasons. We were out for a Kings game recently. And as I was driving by, all of the off-ramp signs were completely Graffiti, graffitied. Yeah. And there was homeless people everywhere. So what we have to look at is as we were driving down there, I talked to the wife and the kids are in the car, and I said, if you had to get gas or you wanted to grab a burger, would you leave at this exit? Mm -hmm. The answer is usually no. And you would wait until it got better. So we have to look at on our 101 corridor, remember the railroad bridge that crossed over? How horribly, I could imagine all the people, hey, we're we're not getting off at that exit. Look, but since they cleaned that up, your (sighs) entry into the neighborhood via the 101 corridor is beautiful. We drove to Orange County this past weekend to go to the Golden Palooza and we talked about- Tell us what the Golden Palooza is. Do not pass that by. (laughs) It's a place where a thousand golden retrievers get together and hang out. And we had an amazing time. But our drive from here to there, we spoke about graffiti the whole time. And we're like, look at that. Look at that. And and we're like, some of these pieces, and we're like, how do they do that? Like, they literally hang from a, mm-hmm. a sign or something. Like, some of the areas where they're doing it. But anyways, we're coming back. And we actually, and we never see anybody doing the act of graffiti, right? Because it's, of course. right, how do they do it? Anyways, we saw a guy, no shirt, doing this 
beautiful piece of graffiti work on this. And we're like, that was the first time we ever saw one guy doing it. And it was in broad daylight, too. And it, was, it blew us away. And that's an interesting comment. It's the old thing, too. When do you, and I, this is kind of gross, when do you ever see a dead bird? It's one of those weird things. Birds are everywhere. But where, where do they go when they die? Was awesome. And it's a great <laughs> point. I have been around quite a bit. I have never seen someone in the act of graffiti. Right. I never thought of it that, that way. That was our first but time. But it always appears. It. Yeah, it's That's always there. Part of the lure is at night. It's part of that personality. And I'm so glad this conversation is coming here because, Spence, thanks for giving me the compliments you said because I view it as removing and defacing stuff from public property that we own together. I encourage art. I encourage our uh, aerosol spray can art as well, along with slap stickers. Those stickers eventually will fall off those signs, fall in the drains, and go in the ocean. So when you go around, are they biodegradable? No, they're no, not. They're not. Yeah. You put these plastic poison. You put these plastic stickers around. You think it's great for a year. So there is ideology. So know when you're listening to Ventura Vibes, we're not just talking on the podcast. This is actually the opposite. We're the group of people and the contingency that's been vibing for years and doing action, and now we're bringing you the verbal stuff so we've been walking now we're talking and that's what you can do when you support us when you share this podcast you're gonna be able to donate to some of steve's great groups you're gonna be able to donate to nonprofits in the city of ventura that's what we do here today and this today and forever so let's go ventura forward let's go and steven part of the donating is with your efforts it's Correct. time treasure talents right and which one can you give and with you at port wanimi you provide the buckets the grabbers you have the cleaning stations you yep. make it fun so it's a way for people to participate on the water, right at the sand, and have a beautiful time and do good for the community. Yes, and the other um, important aspect of it is action. You know, you could talk and talk and talk, but you got to do something. And I'd rather people do something than talk about it. And um, there's, you know, so we're 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 at that point where it's. I think social media is driving this too. It's like, yeah, you know, prior to the the uh, influence of social media, people could, oh yeah, I'm from the environment and I want to do this and I want to do that. Well, now we have a method to share. This is what we're doing. What are you doing? Get involved. You know, make the environment better. Graffiti is bad. Littering bad. And so getting, and the younger kids, the younger kids that come out and work with us are, I mean, they're incredible. They're doing it for community service, but they're also doing it because they care about the environment. And, and so it takes a long time to change these attitudes around, and uh, I think that's what we're doing. And we don't show off, we show up. That's, that's right. Go. And that could be one way to do it, because I, oh, you're bragging, you're getting work done. And you have to talk about the work getting done to get more people to get in on the work. So right. the beach cleanup is one great way to do right. it. Right. we got kids that come. We have a couple kids, brother, sister, they've been on the air with us over 100 times. Uh, we have this... We have great participation from the young, and I think that's the key to making our total environment better in the years somebody to wants to clean up the beaches with you this weekend please tell us a little bit of information how to get involved come on down to wainimi beach at the alaska 261 sundial 8 30 a.m we're there on saturday every saturday and uh you know we have everything needed to enjoy yourself and contribute and Stephen, we thank you very much for coming on the second edition of ventura vibes thank you for having me let's go Spence, let's keep the vibes moving here in the 805. We're going to do that fun part of the show where we bring our little history music plus our pop culture knowledge of movies, have a little fun with the audience. We're going to play some songs and have them guess what soundtracks. Sounds good. I love movies and I love music, I think, even a little bit more. And obviously, when we couple up a good movie with a great soundtrack, 
It hits home, brings back memories, uh, both with the music and with the film. So you get to go first, I'm Spencer. Go I'm going first. All right, let's take you back. And we're going into the 80s. I'll give you some clues as we go here a little bit. But take you back to a small little diner in a place called Castle Rock. So everybody knows this song. Everyone's familiar. Been used in a few movies. Get a job, Spence. That's it. So that was uh, one tune that was in the movie you love so much. It absolutely is. I don't want to give away too much here because I'm going to give you too many of my secrets. But as we move into our second song here, imagine you're going around. You're driving down the road, old country road. You have a baseball bat in your hand. You're seeing some mailboxes. And here comes one of your competitors up along the road. Take out the papers and the trash. Are you don't get no spending cash. If you don't scrub that kitchen floor, you ain't going to rock and roll no more. I'm glad that you put a, a movie <laughs> song that's got a baseball bat in it because we're just in baseball season here. Yakety yak, don't talk back, Spence. Are Classic. you feeling the movie yet? I'm feeling it. Are you? Couple young guys going out in the wilderness on an adventure, maybe going away from your past or your friends or your family. Whatever troubles you have as a young man, an adventure is what you needed. And your friends, you could always sing this song to have a good time. Lollipop, lollipop. <laughs> when you talk about bubblegum music, that's it right there with the candy. <laughs> but a song everybody knows. That's with little itty bitty kids. People were raised with that song who are now probably in their 70s. Uh, this is a great tune. And it was also in your movie. It was in my movie, Spence. And not only was this movie a great American movie. Graffiti. Good guess. <sighs> but no, you're getting closer to that genre. Even though the 50s music is 80s based. Yeah. And this movie also was a book called The Body, made by Stephen King. Ooh. We know how it ends up. These boys come together. They form a bond. They come over their accomplishments, and they go home with pride on their shoulders as they walk and stand side by side. When the night has come That's it, Spence, right there. Ben E. King was Stand By Me, the title that just blows it away. The boys that always touched my heart with Will Wheaton, River Phoenix, Corey Feldman, and Jerry O'Connell came through with a movie in 1986 that wasn't seen as a popular hit right away. But Stand By Me came through and has tested time of a movie that was able to bond boys of their differences. We saw how Gordy had that struggles with his dad after losing his brother, uh, who's played by um, the actor I'm blinking right now. Uh, we had Will Wheaton, Corey Feldman, oh, Kiefer Sutherland. The older brother, the good one. Oh, uh, John, John Cusack, yeah. Cusack. Shows you again the here. cool on, guy. <laughs> shows oh. you on our podcast where we're always having fun with Ventura vibes. Mm. We talked about it. I hope you guys enjoyed that with Stand By Me. Because Spence, what are you going to stump him with here? Well, my movie is funny because it goes back to 
1979. This movie was about an incident that happened in 1979 when I first got into radio, and I was actually reporting parts of this incident on the air when I worked at a public broadcasting station, and I never knew about this story behind it. So one of the first songs that is in my film on the soundtrack, Little Cowbell. Do you dig the Van Halen? This is Van Halen and Dance the Night Away on the soundtrack. When I was watching the movie, I thought, okay, this is rocking. This is pretty cool. And by the way, this Van Halen song, come on, David. Listen to this. That's why I love David Lee Roth. When he does his little squeal, he even chuckles at it. That's why that guy was so oh, great. I'm seeing like an airplane maybe loading up some military stuff or something. What is this? Some arms. What is it? Well, here's another one. Talk about arms. Dire Straits, Sultans of Swing. Another classic song, Dire Straits. This song came out in 1978. All of these songs for the soundtrack were of the time. You got it yet, folks. Another great tune. Now, I was not into this band, but a friend of mine was. Pumped up movie. What is this? That's great. I don't even know either, everybody. Now, <laughs> this know. is the specials. They were a ska punk band. I saw them live once because my buddy forced me to go. Exuberant youngsters back then. 1979 hit. This is called Concrete Jungle. There's a little reggae ska thing back there. The punk ska. Also in the movie is a classic from the Mighty Led Zeppelin. It's in a bottom. They're in the living room of the Canadian Embassy. They put this record on and they're kind of grooving and dancing to it. It is very, very tense in this situation. Uh, so they used this song to chill. The movie was called Argo. Here's the story. In 1979, the American embassy in Iran was invaded by Iranian revolutionaries and several Americans were taken hostage. However, six managed to escape to the official residence of the Canadian ambassador and the CIA was ordered to get them out of the country. With few options, exfiltration expert, the gentleman's name was Tony Mendez, devised a daring plan. Now imagine this. This is not fiction. This actually happened. He created a phony Canadian film project looking to shoot in Iran and smuggle the Americans out as its production crew. With the help of some trusted Hollywood contacts, Mendez created the ruse and proceeded to Iran as its associate producer. However, time was running out with the Iranian security forces closing in on the truth while both his charges and the White House had grave doubts about the operation themselves. The script they got was called Argo. It was a crazy space age kind of grabbing onto the Star Wars thing that never got produced. They took this script, they went to Iran, they got the people who escaped to the Canadian embassy, and they told them, you're the director, you're the producer, you're the set designer, and these people had to memorize what they did for work. They had to memorize their background, their new role, their new name, just in case they were asked questions while they were making this fake movie. So at the end, I'm not going to do a spoiler here, they had to escape and get out and get on the plane. And when they went through customs, they had to show the stuff. If people were asking them, they had storyboards. 
This actually happened. A couple of quotes from the people who created it. If I'm going to make a fake movie, it's going to be a fake hit. I love that line. Also, Jimmy Carter said the Canadian should have been given a little more credit in the movie, but he thought it was very, very good. But he said during that time he was president that they were really key in making this happen, and it looked like more of an American thing. The stars, Ben Affleck, Brian Cranston, you ever watch Breaking Bad? Yeah. John Goodman, Alan Arkin, Victor Garber, you know him if you saw him, Tate Donovan, Titus Welliver, who's a great actor, you see his face all over the place, and another man named Richard Kind. This was just a great movie. They synced everything up. When I look at Sultans of Swing, Dance the Night Away, Concrete Jungle, When the Levee Breaks, it really made the movie. And when I look back at 1979, when I was at Cal State Northridge working at KCPB, and I was reporting, so here I was introducing classical music and reporting on Sedek Gotzpade, and we learned that it was not Iran, it was Iran. At all of these things, it was a coup, not a coup. And these are the things that we were doing on air back in 79 when this movie came out. I had no idea that they had done this ruse to get these people out of I, Iran and get them safe. I really like how you described how your life identified with this movie, how mm-hmm. you were in the production time over that to see they, and identify that movie because that was kind of like Stand By Me. Even though it was based in the 50s, I was at a young boy's time in 86. I really identify with this movie. Three quotes in the movie that just pull off the top of my head. Number one is when the diner woman comes out and they light firecrackers off. It's like, who's shooting cherry bombs out here? When he had just shot the gun off, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with little firecrackers. The other one was, they're in the, 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 the junkyard. Here comes the dog, right? And it's like, he said, sick him, chopper. But what I heard was, sick balls, yeah. chopper. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then the last one on the poster here. It's so great. They're up in the clubhouse. Here he comes. If I could only choose one food to eat for the rest of my life around the fire, it's it's Pez. It's Pez. easy. It's Pez. Cherry so Pez. I cherish <laughs> these moments. Remember when he's sitting there smoking the cigarette and they're around the campfire and they just look at him like, what? <laughs> but great actors in that movie. The other thing that I love about your choice, Stand By Me, first of all, uh, Richard Dreyfus was the voiceover. Yeah. He was the guy doing the voiceover. Great actor. And when you look at Stephen King, the captain of evil, scary stuff like It and The Stand and all these movies uh, that were, you know, really intense and books that were very intense. This is a very warm, nice story that any age group could look back on. I think of the movies like this, American Graffiti, which I mentioned earlier. That was a coming of age of all the people. So people of that age could relate to that. Then you go to like Stand By Me. Then jumping to TV, another one that did it was Wonder Years. For me, that was exactly in the heart of when I was raised. So the Wonder Years used all the fabulous music, talked about all the stuff we knew about, from the fun, silly stuff to the Vietnam War, and it really made you look back and say, you know, these could be my buddies, these could be my friends. I was driving limos when your movie came out, yeah. when Stand By Me came out, and I was driving, for, it was some uh, like a high school prom thing, and these girls talked about River Phoenix for four bloody Hours and they're just oh have you seen Zawar and they're all screaming and so I think just like Titanic yeah maybe every teenage girl saw this movie twenty times but the dudes could relate to it because we used to do stuff like that go on hikes yeah. go on adventures and journeys now mine never involved a dead body uh, but I did do a lot of stuff where we just walked stuff we could do when we were kids absolutely and that's what rob reiner really captured in this movie and i didn't i just learned too about rob reiner he was working with all in the family 
on that sitcom known as the son-in-law meathead, meathead. right? Mm -hmm. And so you can just always reinvent yourself. It's really fun to see that you can just always think about it. If you work hard enough, you want to change what you have going on, know that. And we talk about Ventura vibes. It's the attitude and culture of what we have here to have us come west, to be part of California, the land of opportunity. We have these things at our expense. And we talk about the ocean, the beach, the mountains, the opportunity. Come together. Let's collaborate here. This is one base we're using as this podcast. So if you're thinking, this sounds like a great idea. I love what they're chatting about, whether it was the uh, – the preserving uh, the ocean at Ormond Beach with Stephen Gama earlier, going back to Derek Turner doing paddle boarding. You can really get involved and then use that pop culture fun knowledge to really bring the conversation together. So if you're digging this conversation, we appreciate you. The Ventura, Ventura vibes are rocking. And when you look at the soundtrack of your life, there's always music within all of those things that yes. bring back memories every time. Rob Reiner, another movie he did uh, that he directed, I think it was his first uh, directorial job, was Spinal Tap, which I don't think you've seen yet, but I highly yeah. recommend it. It's a spoof on a touring band from called Spinal Tap from uh, Over the Pond from England, and it's, it's fantastic. The man has a great sense of humor, and he's also directed a lot of wonderful dramas too. So what we would like to act ask the audience is favorite movies favorite soundtracks yeah. favorite jams during movies it happens all the time when i'm watching these minion movies or whatever they are uh, beatles cat stevens and my kids look at me and say would you shut up and i said it's your movies using my music because they just pop up all over the place sing too that movie how about the, the the movies are being written around the actual songs and here they are making sequels about it such a great point because they're plot devices it yeah. moves the story Ahead in, in uh, what was that? Uh, Boss Baby. Boss Baby. Blackbird Bird from the Beatles, my yeah. favorite Beatles song. And I'm looking, Beatles, and I, would you shut up? Uh, because I just have to name every single song. And it also teaches us it's a great way, rather than saying the old guy thing, you know, get off my lawn and saying, my music was better. I do tell the kids it's interesting that a lot of the movies of today, new movies that are directed even at, at kids with the Minions and all of those, they are going back to great songs of the 60s and the 70s and the 80s. You know, they, they do use a lot of that music for memories and plus the fact that they were simply great songs. I love it again, Spence. Where was a lot of that music invented? Where was it created from? Right here in Southern California. Yeah, we've got one of the uh, best places for music. You know, if you go really the, the whole West Coast, when you yep. look at what happened in L.A., the great music in Ventura County, up to the Bay Area, then uh, moving all the way up to where you were for quite time, some time in Seattle. Seattle, yeah. You know, you start off with, obviously, we talked about Jimmy and then the grunge movement, but that West Coast has been the whole influencer the last few decades. We've benefited from that. That's why we're talking about it now, creating this podcast to share it, the vibe. So post on or comment down below, whatever platform you happen to see this podcast on. Let us know what you think. We'd be glad to discuss one of your movies or soundtracks in the future. And my final addition to this is uh, we appreciate the great artists that created this uh, fabulous music. I love talking about the music, the history, yeah. how it affected us. Uh, if you're going to listen to the music, hey, go over to iTunes and, and buy some of this uh, great music. It's all available out there in the world, and you can get everything from Dire Straits to Van Halen to the specials and Led Zeppelin, and you can roll into all of those classic songs to get a job, Silhouettes and uh, Lollipop and all of those uh, cool tunes. You can buy them online really easily. You got it, Spence. And let's not forget to thank Ray Fresco, the local band from Ventura, providing our tunes for our podcast. Thank you so much, Ray Fresco. Ventura vibes. Let's share the stove. Let's go.